Welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast and we are midway through December and Christmas is just 10 days away now and unless you're listening in some faraway exotic country which sounds like a great idea at the moment you'll be experiencing the big almighty freeze which has engulfed the country over here and in Ireland. Scrooge has arrived in the form of a frost and for the second Saturday running we have no national hunt racing. The Ascot Long Walk Hurdle a card has been cancelled, although we hear it will be rescheduled uh, for Boxing Day at Kempton, which is good news. Haydock is cancelled. So, as I said, no national hunt racing until at least Monday. So, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you will see the delight on one man's face as this freeze has actually conjured up a very early Christmas present for one delighted podcast regular. Christmas has come early for you, Tom Collins, as we present an all-weather special <laughs> you love to see it, Jess, don't you? I wait all year for this. This time of year, I'm thinking, God, we've got to look at jumps again. And look, I, I like jumps racing, don't get me wrong. Not as much as you two, but uh, I do like jumps racing. But when it's just all weather, God, I feel like I'm in my element right now. Yeah, look, I'm expecting you to go through the card, so no excuses, as you've got absolutely no distractions. Um, but also, must say, you're actually on quite a good trajectory with the jumps uh, before we petered out for this enforced break. So you'll have to pick it up when you, where you left off and we do finally get back to it. Ross, I can see you're delighted as well. We know how much you love the flat action, especially the all-weather. What do you make of the cards that we've got to look forward to this weekend? Um, it's quite something when you look through a, through an entire card and don't recognise a single name, um, which was the case with Chelmsford. <laughs> Lingfield a little bit differently. There was a few a few names cropping up that had, that had come across my uh, my my vision before, but yeah, uh, Chelmsford was a, an interesting experience. Yeah, Chelmsford is um, one of the lesser meetings which I will be um, presenting at myself, um, and I will, we are looking forward to getting stuck in it. And actually, no holds aside. I think we are relieved to see that Lingfield hosting the seven race card, including a genuine quality listed race in the Quebec Stakes. And also, um, I, I do think the race preceding that as well, the uh, Winter Oaks trial is a pretty good contest and really um, good fillies lining up in, in, in lots of um, excellent form as well. But it is the Quebec Stakes that we're going to look at as our main race. Uh, for this weekend. Um, as I said, listed contest, one mile, two furlongs. We've got six runners. Now, the roll of honour for this race is, is pretty good. Dubai Warriors actually won this race twice. He won it last year, won it in 2019. Um, Sangarius in 2020. And we've seen some really good all-weather performers who've gone off to Maidan and the likes um, in the new year. And this is a race where we've got Algiers um, returning to the scene of where he was second and just collared on the line by Mr. the cut in the Churchill Stakes last time, where he ran a blinder out in front, nearly stole it from stole it from the front. Can he do it again with potentially the same tactics? That will be the question. He's the likely market leader. You've got Forrest of Dean in there as well. Herovian for John and Thady Goldston and um, also making me do it for Harry Eustace and Hayley Turner, the lead protagonist. But as I say, six runners. Um, TC, as I mentioned, a lot of the form centres around the Churchill Stakes there lining up again. Do you think Algiers can perform in the way that he did last time, with which was quite inspired ride by Rab Havlin that day. Jack Mitchell's on this time. Yeah, I do. Um, before I get stuck into the Algiers' form and, and the reason why I think he'll win this race, uh, two other horses in here that you've touched on, Horovian and Forest of Dean, they're your all-weather stalwarts. They kind of 
uh, always running these races. You like to see them in there because they're both six now. John and Daisy, Daisy Goldston are represented twice. They've won this race back in 2018 and 2019, obviously just under John Goldston's name then. Um, I think they're going to run very good races and it would be good if they're there or thereabouts because you don't see too many six-year-olds on the flat, especially running to this kind of level. Um, but again, I think they are beatable to a, a young and improving type. Making me do it is perhaps that one. I mean, she's a three-year-old filly. She runs in this race for mm-hmm. Harry Eustace. She was really impressive last time in a handicap and 0 to 105. Scooted around the inside rail. You generally don't want to be there at Lingfield um, or Wolverhampton, actually, at any point because, you know, the surface tends to ride deeper, especially in the cold weather. You want to be towards the middle of the track um, and towards the pace. And she came from basically last. But she scooted around the inside. She won really impressively. The only thing that uh, I don't think is in her favour favor is that no filly has ever won this race. One five-year-old mare won it in don't, uh, called Don't Be back in 2015. Um, and only two three-year-olds have won this race as well out of 14 editions. So the trends are against making me do it, which leaves mm-hmm. me with Algier. Um, last time out, I thought he ran an absolute screamer in the Churchill Stakes, as you just touched on. They went hammer and tongs from the outset. Majestic Dawn went out in front, was far too keen. Um, and just bolted, basically, in the early stages. Two horses tried to go with him. Algier went right, raced in second, and back in third was top anticipation. Now, in the closing stages, Majestic Dawn fell out the back of the TV, eventually finished last, just went too hard early on. Top anticipation, who was third early, finished seventh. Again, faded out the back of the TV in the closing stages. Algier kicked off the home bend and looked like he was going to record a really impressive success, only to be run down by Mr. Cut, trained by George mm-hmm. Bowie, Obviously, one at Royal Ascot was returning from a break. A very good horse. Algier beat Herovian by almost four lengths that day. But I think with a more efficient ride, that margin would have been even bigger. I thought the ride was good, but I don't think it was amazing given the tank was virtually empty with the furlongs run. Yet he still continued to gallop. This horse has only had three starts in Britain. He previously raced over in the UAE. He previously raced in France. And he showed a good level of form. I think he's got so much upside. And from draw one, with Jack Mitchell on board, and he's the only pace horse in this race. Surely Algiers wins the list of Quebec Stakes. Yeah, you you create a brilliant case. You can't really. There's so many things going for him. Added to that, Simon and Crisford's run of form at the moment is breathtaking. I feel like I've been saying this quite a lot throughout the course of the turf season, but they they do so well on this surface. Potentially, it's because they they know how to harness the best out of these horses. They bring a lot of them to Dubai, don't they? Um, would you imagine to see this horse might end up back over there in the new year? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's a previous winner at Jebel Ali, um, going back through his form earlier on today. And to win at Jebel Ali, you need stamina and speed because it's a track mm. that's really unforgiving, uphill finish. And you kind of need everything to win there if, if you're running to a certain level, of course. If you're running to a lower level, you don't. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they sent him over there in the new year. Uh, but this is a good uh, starting point for uh, Simon Ed Chris. But obviously last time he showed that promise that he'd previously shown uh, in, in previous years. I think if he can build on that, win this race, get sent over to um, Saudi um, or the UAE, then he can come back next year in the summer and, you know, perform to a very good level on the weather. Okay, a really good case for Algiers, who is the likely favourite, but it sounds like, and he seems to be a deserved favourite as well, based on that very good run. Mr. Cart is a, a serious horse um, and get and doing what he did under that uninspired ride. Got to say, he's got to be right up there. Uh, Rab Havlin is uh, clearly having to back back on a John and Thady Gosden horse in the shape of Forrest of Dean. Um, William Buick's on Herovian. This is the horse, Ross, that as Tom touched upon, um, ran a good race in behind Algiers, 
entitled just to have needed it. He's been off the track a good bit. He's um, it's a funny one, isn't he? Because he's a sort of a, a nearly horse. I feel like he's always promised a lot. And he has delivered, but sort of always at this level. Yeah, he's never never quite gone on as he... I mean, that was his first run for 134 days. So I think you're right. I think he is entitled to come forward a little bit, possibly in terms of fitness, but also in terms of race sharpness. And I appreciate that Algiers probably went hard and with a more efficient ride, probably has an upside himself. But actually, the way the race panned out, Herovian was probably a bit further back than he wanted to be. As the race quickened into the straight, he had to switch out to his right. He sort of got caught on the on the leader who was calling, falling back through the field. Had to switch right, get reorganised. And I think the first two had sort of gone by then. Um, I think if that hadn't happened, he'd have got rolling a bit sooner. I don't think he'd have been beaten as far. Um, for all that I can fully appreciate what TC is saying, that Algiers is the one to beat, he might well be offer a little bit of value in the market. I think he can step forward from this. I don't think there'll be the same margin between them this time. William Buick taking over is is certainly no bad thing. Not that you would knock James Doyle in the slightest. Um, and so against the favourite, I just thought he was entitled to be much closer this time. Yeah, he's a horse that, if you go back through his form, you know, only high only a half a length of pile driver in the Churchill Stakes last year. Um, he was sent over to Maidan. Yes, he ran a, a bit of a shocker in the um, in the Dubai um, world, the, the, in the Dubai turf. But he, they clearly feel like he's he warrants a go in these big races. And he's he, as I said, he he clearly has the ability. It's uh, it's just whether he's whether Algiers is just an improver, which. I, for me, it looks like he is, whereas Herovian, we sort of know his know his level. Interested to get Tom's thoughts on making me do it, um, where clearly this is a, a Philly Tom who uh, the hold-up tactics has definitely suited her. I'm really intrigued, as you are the old weatherman, the specialist, about your point about where you want to be positioned at Lingfield and the fact that she was able to do that. Is this cold? Will this cold weather make it harder for her on this if she, if they're going to opt into this tactic? opt in these tactics again because she was so good and I've seen Lingfield yesterday I was we've been watching a lot of it at the moment and I've seen horses coming off from off the pace but really being held up is is there a fine line between where you need to be yeah I think so obviously this is a small field just six runners last time out there was a big field they went hard early and she kind of had the perfect toe into the race uh, she switched to the inside saved ground as I say you don't want to be there but at the same time she got a nice clear run didn't have to go six or seven wide as the horses uh, all went a breadth coming around the final bend. So she did get the perfect ride, saved ground, kept momentum. But it was really impressive. Her main asset is a turn of foot, which is mm. good in a race with a small field because, you know, you know they're not likely to go hard early. They're likely to accelerate off uh, coming down that hill, coming into the home bend. But at the same time, this is a huge step up in grade for her. I mean, she won a 0-105. to 105. Now she's tackling horses who Algiers rated, rated 110, for example. Um, and is capable of being better than that. Also, I think she's probably going to be sixth of six early on. Um, and to actually gain ground on horses like Algiers and Herobian, who are rated higher, experienced, you know what you're going to get with those. When they're not going to go super quick early on, I think it's going to leave her with a real tough task. I think she'll run a good race, but I think she'll be third or fourth. Okay. It's a gamble I'm willing to take. 
It sounds like it's all against her, but I'm going to side with making me do it um, despite that, just because I feel like I thought I read it that Algiers was going to go off quite hard like he did last time and that might suit her. But I think Hayley Turner will be very well aware that you can't, she won't be able to uh, exactly um, remake what she did last time um, and and try and be slightly slightly more handy without being... I'm completely off of it. They, I, I can't see them crawling with Algiers in it. But anyway, making me do it does get an awful lot of weight off them as well. So that does that is a bonus um, for her. Um, and we're, we're all going. We're all going. Well, myself and Ross are going against Algiers for the same reason. I think there could be a little bit of value in others. So making me do it for me. Uh, TC has gone for Algiers and Herovian for Ross, and that's the Quebec Stakes at Lingfield, the feature race um, in terms of. Uh, this weekend. Um, now we've got a bet the weekend as well. Of course, as I said, there's not a huge amount for us to choose from. Um, probably quite difficult to to find something that we're, as Ross was saying, fully committed, fully committed to because it's a it's a it's a different kind of weekend that we're interested in. But TC, I'm sure that there are things that have caught your attention that you've been following throughout this all weather season. So, is there anything that you want to go for from a nap perspective? Well, I really wanted to put Algiers in the nap category. I'll save him for the next best. And, you know, you, you've heard my case for him. But the nap is Obsidian Knight in the 12.05 at Lingfield. Get off the board early. Hopefully make a few uh, few pennies going towards the, the Christmas fund in the, one of the first races at Lingfield on Saturday. There's a lack of pace in this race, which is a slight worry. So I'll start with the negative. However, there are lots of hold-up horses in here, obviously with a lack of pace. But I think Obsidian Knight is going to be less uh, disadvantaged and inconvenienced by the lack of pace than other horses in the race. I think Baron Boyne will probably go off favourite here and he needs a fast gallop early on because he's got such a high cruising speed. So I think Obsidian Knight has the edge over Baron Boyne. Obsidian Knight's only had 10 starts, remains completely lightly raced. Um, and in his 10 starts, he had four of those runs at Lingfield and he's won two of them. He won a novice race early in the season and then won a handicap a couple of months ago at this track. He has a high cruising speed as well, but he also boasts a really good turn of foot which is crucial if they don't go hard early because he's the one that can quicken off the speed and get up with the leaders. Um, when he won that handicap, he was, again, off the pace. I think it was three or four horses back from the leader. But he slingshot right around the outside. He was six wide coming into the straight and one under hands and heels really cosily. I thought last time out at Wolverhampton, he ran a similarly good race. He finished second to a horse called Queen of Ipanema, who also trained by George Bowie, much like Mr. Cut, as we talked about earlier. And Queen of Ipanema runs in the Winter Oaks trial, the three o'clock at Lingfield, much better race. So, you know, we'll see how that form pans out. But in a few strides, uh, Obsidian Knight would have beaten Queen of Ipanema that day. And that race wasn't run to suit. As I've touched on, the only negative is the lack of speed. But I think that the booking of William Buick will definitely help. The inside draw will help because Obsidian Knight will cover the least amount of ground. And I think he has the, the capabilities to win off just one pound higher in 12.05 at Lincoln. Okay, very good case for Obsidian Knight. Say so William Buick, who's got a good book of rides, champion jockey, um, present at Lingfield on Saturday. Obsidian Knight um, uh, has got um, 8.12 and uh, form ties in with Queen of Impanema. Do you have an next best for us? The next best is, unfortunately, Algiers. Um, you've, you've heard my case uh, for, for him. But uh, the, the other horse I was tempted to put in the next best category was Pablo Prince in the 225. I won't make a case because he's not my next best, Algiers is, but just look out for that horse. I think he'll be around four or five to one. And if they go hard in that race, then I think Rab Havlin's mount can, can run really well. 
Okay, I'm going to mention Queen of Impanina again. You touched on her. As you say, she's running in the um, Winter Oaks trial. This is um, George Bowie's little um, Highfield princess, if you, want, if, you, if you could even try and start comparing. She began life off a mark of 52. She's now rated 83. And, that's, and she's gone up that amount in the space of literally two, three months. Um, it's an extraordinary run of form that she's gone on. And I think that George Bowie is just brilliant at getting horses to back up their races. He's unbelievable at race planning and finding these um, gaps for his horses. And he's got this filly on such a good roll. Um, she is up another three pounds. This is a harder race. A lot of these fillies are coming into this in really good form, which is great. It's a, it's a cracking race. Um, but I just think that Queen of Impanima, um, could still be slightly on the right side. We don't really know what her ceiling is. Got William Buick back on again. Um, and as you say, Obsidian Knight, if TC thinks that that horse has got a good chance, then all should bode well for this one. So Queen of Impanima, um, for me. And then there's one other that I'm going to put up. And that's only because. I've uh, been given it as a horse to follow by a certain trainer in Ed Walker. And he really does like his Australia colt, Wapiro, who's running in the novice stakes at 12.40. Now, this looks like another good race. We've actually got a runner in Roman art, but he might be one for handicaps. So I wouldn't uh, worry about him. But it looks like a tough race. But Wapiro is clearly one that they really like. Um, and I think I'll be interested to see how he gets on. So... Those are enough selections of Phil, for Lingfield. Um, Ross, we've uh, come to you next. You, you might have one, you might have an extra, or you might have something else for us. Yeah, here's words I never thought I'd say, Jess. I'm going to Ch Chelmsford for my nap. Um, <laughs> and lo looking at the, the, the 345, which is the, the maiden, uh, th through the summer, I like looking at maidens, and I, and I think it... Race course experience shouldn't be underestimated. It's it's the same actually with juvenile hurdles in the winter. Um, there's a horse in here, Robert Cowell, uh, trained Bluff. Now, he ha is taking on two very nicely bred uh, opponents in Bravura from um, Sir Mark Prescott, who's a half uh, to Coronet and um, Midas Touch, um, as well as a Kingman newcomer from Simon Ed Christmas, Bahil, who, you know, could be anything. So you are open to a to bumping into a potential top notcher. But I thought Bluff didn't make a bad job uh, on his uh, debut last time. Was very slowly away from the stalls, got buffeted back. Um, and it was in a race where, uh, at Chalmford, where the, the winner and the runner-up were first and second for the entirety of the race. They got things absolutely their own way, slipped the field. Bluff had to come very wide down the straight, looked to be hanging back in towards the rail, but stayed on quite nicely to finish third. The horse in second, Clipsham La Habana, um, has already been given a mark of 82. So that's not a bad level that um, Bluff has got to. It's just a length behind. I think taking a step forward for that experience sets a pretty decent benchmark for these newcomers to go at. Uh, Kevin Stott is on board. He's going along at great guns on your weather, 20%. I think he's having a proper crack at the all-weather title. Uh, with um, girlfriend Megan doing the, the um, booking of the rides. Um, I just thought against two newcomers who might take up some of the market, I thought Bluff was um, by no means a bad number. 
Okay, yeah, quite eye-catching that jockey booking, isn't it? Um, he was actually on board the, the first time for Robert Cowell, who's had a quiet enough year in general, hasn't he? So I think the ones that have been uh, running well, or at least showing a lot, um, are ones to follow. So I'm um, intriguing that bluff um, at Chelmsford. Um, now, we've gone through what we can of our all-weather, and I think that we've I'd like to hope that we've got given a, given it a good go. But obviously it, we do and we will be thinking a lot about national hunt racing and hopefully um, it will be on sooner than later. It looks like the temperatures are going to go um, back to relatively normal um, next week so we can start again. So we thought it might be a nice opportunity um, to also delve into some horses that we we're really looking forward to seeing over the, win over the Christmas period. Um, the horses that potentially as well that we um, hadn't really thought about earlier on in the season, but are really catching and really caught our, um, caught our imagination and have Christmas as a good target. And I know Ross, there are definitely a couple that you're really looking forward to that you want to mention. Yes. The, the first one is a Dan Skelton uh, trained uh, novice chaser, uh, lacked a constance who I actually put up um, anti post one of the novice herds at Cheltenham last year. And, and he, he never went to Cheltenham. It transpires he won't be going anywhere near Cheltenham this March either. But he made a really taking novice chase debut at Kempton. Absolutely kicked aside Hudson de Grugy and Sam Arif, who, who didn't jump well, so perhaps put a line through him. But he was foot perfect. Uh, Dan Skelton has uh, a former uh, eventing colleague of mine, Chris King, employed full-time down there, just jumping all the young horses. They take the jumping very seriously. Chris would do a very, very good job. And this horse was absolutely the epitome of, of what they do. He never missed a beat. Uh, that was over two mile. I have no doubt whatsoever that going up in trip is going to see him to even better light. Uh, I like the fact they've set their stall out early. They're not going to go to Cheltenham. So you're not worried about prep runs and all that sort of thing. Wherever this horse goes will be the target. Um, I think he's a really impressive horse. And, and going into next year as well, he's... he's a horse that must go into your tracker. Um, the second one is a Nicky Henderson hurdler, Immortal, who I just absolutely fell in love with as he cantered down to the start at Sandown. He's just the most gorgeous son of Montmartre. Um, he jumped quite big on his first ever race course experience, not being to a point to point, not being to a bumper. He jumped quite big at Sandown, um, but gave authorised speed enough for a race. Authorised speed has got plenty of experience from bumpers had already had hurdling experience and he's a decent operator. Um, I thought that was a really impressive debut. He's going to come on absolute bundles for that. You know, just going to the race course uh, alone will bring him forward. I think he's a really impressive horse uh, to follow. And then the final point I wanted to make was a, um, an angle that I'm sort of investigating, watching uh, in the Ollie Murphy yard. Um, will Kennedy is a jockey I've always had a lot of time for. I never thought he's got the recognition he deserves he is as good as anyone particularly to an obstacle that's why i really rate him he's a beautiful rider to a fence um, and he's now employed full-time by ollie murphy who's looking to get some consistency amongst his team of riders um and i imagine he'll be doing a lot of schooling on these young horses at home he rode one the other day at subtle at kenner hope and he gave it a really educational ride took a lot of time getting it positioned in the right place getting it to settle jumped beautifully wasn't given an overly hard time. Um, he's got one more run to go to get a mark. I think if he runs to a similar level next time, he's going to wind up on a mark in the mid to late 90s. He's an 83 rated flat performer um, who's won a couple of times in France on 
soft and heavy ground. I think he'll be very interesting as a standalone horse. But I also think it'll be interesting to follow uh, Will Kennedy, uh, Ollie Murphy trained horses, perhaps with Sean Bowen taking over on their first time in handicaps. I think you'll see Will Kennedy doing a lot of education, a lot of educating on these young horses in the races. Um, and I think uh, it's an angle I'm keen to follow. Okay, really interesting that. I know there's been such a big, there's been a few changeovers, hasn't there, at Oli Murphy's and uh, Aidan Coleman did play a big part and he's sort of shifting things around. Although it was interesting and a one horse I'd like to ask about, Chasing Fire, um, the horse that Aidan Coleman has stayed on. Um, he, he won at Market Raisin. He's a horse that I'm looking forward to seeing um, over the winter, over the Christmas months. His son of Maxios, he absolutely bolted up at Market Raisin. And I just thought it was interesting that Aidan Coleman retained the ride or at least... Um, at least had some sort of agreement that he would keep the ride um, on that horse. And uh, I'll be intrigued, intrigued to see where that ends up. It just made, made me think about it when you were talking about Ollie Murphy. Lack the Constance got what, like, he looks something really special. thought it was really interesting that um, uh, Dan Skelton said that he's not the finished article at all. And you feel like they're just going to handle him quite tenderly. Um, I think he needs it to be quite soft. Let's hope that we get some proper, genuine national hunt ground um, over the next while as well. Um, TC, um, your horses to follow? Any any ones that um, have caught your eye or any ones that you had put up that you're pleased to see that they're continuing on a good trajectory? Well, Brave Man's game wins a King George. I mean, that's not even <laughs> up for debate anymore. I know Ross has put up Hitman at a huge price, so I do hope he runs well. But uh, I'm not siding away from Brave Man's game, who I put up at 9-4. to four. Um, The only horse I'm going to mention here, because I want to save the price on some, Jess. We're still a few months out from Cheltenham, <laughs> etc. Um, Ross was actually talking about Dan Skelton, a novice chaser who jumped really well. And I was thinking, God, we haven't even confirmed on these, but somehow Ross is going to put up the horse that I'm going to mention. Fortunately, he didn't. He did put up an, another interesting horse in Lap the Constance. But the horse that I'm going to mention is Bally Griffin Cottage. He's only had four runs for Dan Skelton. Last year, progressed into a really good novice hurdler. He only had three starts uh, last season. Finished fourth in the Albert Bartlett at the Cheltenham Festival behind the nice guy. A good effort, but he was always going to be a future chaser. A horse would improve for fences. He's run once this year, came out in a novice chase. Only three runners in the field. Keldestan, rated one four three. Beauport, rated 148, and Bally Griffin Cottage. Bally Griffin Cottage jumped like an absolute buck. He kicked clear off the home bend and beat Beauport by 11 lengths with absolute ease. This horse could be well capable of performing in grade one company sooner rather than later. I think he's entered in the, well, he's not entered, but he's in the market for the National Hunt Chase. Uh, I think he's around 14 to 1. I don't know if that'll be the route. Obviously, that's a big step up and trip from what he competed over last time. But if it is, I'd definitely be of interest. Uh, he would definitely be of interest. Bally Griffin Cottage. Okay, Bally Griffin Cottage. Great um, insight there and thought and thought around that horse um, as well. Have to say also, Ross, I did have a good look back at your jumpers, some of your jumpers to follow. Il Ete Tom and Nolsey Road, both now winners this season. So there are a couple there that we got um, got to keep following, um, put up by you on our Jumps Preview podcast. So that's always uh, worth revisiting for anyone that needs um, something to, to go back over now that there is a lack of racing um, uh, for, from a Jumps perspective. Um, I'm going to put up one horse that earlier on in the season I didn't know much about, um, but I'm under good authority um, that he's one for us to follow. Um, and that's a horse called Kay de Paris from Willie Mullins' yard. He's the son of Mars Marvel. He was due to run on the 1st of December at Thurless, but he was a reserve and he didn't get in. Um, so he, he obviously 
you obviously feel like they're ready for him to run and he'll run over the Christmas period. He's already ended up in the future champions novice hurdle at Lapistown on the 27th of December. He's a 33 to one shot for the Supreme and a 20 to one shot for the Ballymore novices hurdle. He's in the colors of um, the Richies. So he's clearly um, a horse that um, they like. Um, and yeah, as I said, I'm under good authority that he's one for us to follow. So that's one for the tracker. Um, and I think we've had a, we've gone through quite enough. We've got a good load of jumpers and um, all weather horses for us for over this weekend. But before we go, it leaves me with great pleasure because it is your all weather podcast special, Tom, for your stat attack. Sure. Yeah. Stat attack this week. Unfortunately, it contains a horse that's going to be odds on, but hopefully a winner. Uh, Roger Varian is 24% with his three-year-olds on the all-weather this season. He's had 29 winners from 119 runners, as well as 36 further places. So over 50%, basically, in the top three. Phenomenal record and a good sample size. If you had one pound on every single one of those runners, you'd have a profit of £16.48. £10 on each runner, profit of £164.80. So a good profit as well. His sole representative on Saturday is Lord Paramount, who runs in Handicap Company for the first time in the 240 at Chelmsford. Cameron Noble takes the ride. I think he's probably too good for his elders in that race. Hopefully an odds-on banker for you guys, if you like your Ackers, or even if you just want to play a single. Okay, brilliant. Well, um, Roger Varian, another uh, man to follow. Um, I uh, Before we go, I know that um, there are plenty of other ways that we can get involved in uh, um, the SBK content. A, a reminder that, we obviously have the World Cup final on Sunday and it's another opportunity to listen into the SBK World Cup podcast with Gary Pallister and Lee Sharp. But also, TC, this must be a great time of year for you because you've got the NFL as well, the NFL podcast that you record with Nat Coombs. Uh, we can hear from Nat Coombs briefly now to tell us a bit more about the SBK Edge Rush. SBK Edge Rush drops every week with me and Propo demonstrating, well, why there is such a gulf, quite frankly, even in NFL terms between Generation X and Gen Z. We get you set on the sharp side of the week's action with our favorite looks, tips and steers. Yep, there are Propo's prop bets. Of course, there's our SBK Edge Rush Acker and naturally the most important battle of all, me and all going head to head with our Drew Locks of the week. So if you haven't already, Check out me, Propo, and occasionally Coco and Pebbles over on SBK Edge Rush. And no, Propo still hasn't watched The Wire. Okay, that's all that we have time for this week. A reminder that new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by betting £10. T's and C's always apply. Uh, please remember to subscribe. We are committed, despite what the weather is going to tell us, to give you a podcast every week for some good quality racing action and let's hope that we've given you something to think about for the all weather for this weekend but let's also hope we'll be back with national hunt racing next week we'll have a christmas special um which will have plenty for us to get through um obviously we've got great racing over here but also in ireland as well but um, i hope that you can continue on subscribing and liking and, and don't forget as we've mentioned the sbk ambassador content and exclusive stable tours are on the sbk hub on the youtube channel as well thanks again as always to ross and to tom and we'll see you next week 